You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4. You know, um, since Pastor Pamela just opened up a big can of worms on, fr- on uh, Sunday there and just stirred up all kinds of folks and all kinds of things, amen, and uh, we're getting ready to uh, just go through the Bible, go through the Word of God, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, just uh, secure or, uh, you know, just put us in remembrance of what we already believe, or if not so, we're going we're gonna to change uh, the mindsets and uh, of folks, you know, uh, if you understand, if you have the right mindset, when I say that, when you have the right thoughts or the right mindset in your, on your life, you actually do a whole lot better. Amen. And uh, many times is the, the problem is that we have the wrong mindset. What do I mean by that? I'm like, you know, the Bible has a lot to talk about our minds. It talks about things, but, uh, you know, our thought process is in, in how we, you know, we're, we, we get all of our things uh, the way we think, the way we act, it's all by environment, it's all by how we were raised, and yet God, you know, he's the one that is the only person that can determine our, really our identity, he's the only one that's supposed to tell us how we're supposed to think, amen, because he tells us, think on these things, you know, the Bible tells us how to transform our lives, and it's a transformation, remember Romans chapter 12 says that be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, by the renewing of your mind so that you can know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why do we need to know that? <clears throat> Excuse me. But why do we know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Because we don't want to be in God's good will. We don't want to be in His acceptable will. We want to be in His perfect will. We want to know that we're doing what God's called us to do, but also we want the benefits that God has said we can have in the Word of God. And so how we think, our mindset of things is how we're supposed to have. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, in uh, you know, the New King James, it says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And so I want to talk to you about the spirit of your mind. I'll talk to you about having the right mindset because it's a mindset that changes everything. How you think and how you look at things is going to determine how we win this race, how we run the race, and how we finish. How do you know Jesus is coming back? Amen? And he wants this church to stand strong. And we're at a place where we can't compromise. And we know the world is going crazy, okay? It's still, it's just going and doing, I mean, I mean, if you looked around and seen all the things that they're, they're going to try to put on you and I and all the stuff here coming up in the next, especially in our wonderful state, you know, that they're trying to pass and all this stuff, it, it's so crazy. It's just crazy. But let me read this to you out of the New Living Translation. I, I like what it says here. It says this. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. 
how we think about things, how we think about what's going on, how we establish ourselves is so vitally, vitally important. And we've got to guard our minds. The Bible says to guard our hearts and our minds. We've got to guard this. We, we have to do this. You know, I, I quoted Romans chapter 12 to you in the King James. Let me read it to you out of the New Living. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Yeah. Oh. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And you remember what? In Isaiah, what did he say this? You know, in Isaiah 26, 3, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in you. When you trust in God, can we trust God? Can we trust God in everything? Can we trust to believe the word of God? And I think that's the key in our lives that changes us from everybody because we have a different mindset. We're not got our brains warped by what's going on around us. We're taking hold. You know, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Man, isn't that a great phrase? How did Jesus think about himself on the earth? Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus, who thought himself, who thought it not robbery to be considered equal with God. Don't you know that's why they wanted to kill him? Because he said he was the son of God. He said, God's his father. Well, if God's your father, then that makes you a God's son. He said, and he didn't think that was, there was nothing wrong with that, because it was true. And he told us to have, Paul said, have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, it says that, you know, we don't understand who can, who can teach God, who can instruct God, who knows the mind you know, of God, and it, but it goes on to say, but you have the mind of Christ, but we have the mind of Christ. So we have his mind, and, and Paul said, of course, it's the same writer, but he says, he's, listen, you know, take hold and have the same mind, have the same thoughts, have the same attitude. The same goal. Amen? The same desire. Aren't you glad that our whole life is not a destiny? Thank you for your overwhelming response. We all get caught up in things because everybody thinks, man, I'm just working to get to heaven. No, you're not. You know, we're only going to be in heaven for seven years. And then for a thousand years, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus, okay? And then he's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. Then we get to go back and forth whenever we want to. It's all cool. Okay. But as far as the marriage supper of the Lamb and everything else we're going to do, we're only going to be in heaven for seven years. And if it's as fast as it does here on the earth, that's going to be a blink of the eye. Okay. And what goes on and what transpires and what happens. Okay. So our whole Christianity and our whole thought process can't be a destination process. Okay. It can't be. If we're not, you know, because... Hey, let me just, guess what? You're a citizen of heaven right now. You're an eternal being right now. You've been born again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And if you know that you've been born again, that if, if this earth suit dissolves, glory to God, you're going to be right with the Lord. Hanging out spiritually until you get your glorified body. Amen. And however he does that, you know, glory to God. If he renews this one and fixes it all up, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, if he gets you something new you, new and improved, praise the Lord for that too, okay? But why is that so important? Because go with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8, if you would. Amen. Hallelujah. My whole premises for tonight, the whole thing is, is that it's a mindset. It's changing and changing the way we think. And if it changes the way we think, 
uh, and it'll change the way we act. Because some of you know how you think, how you believe, and how you speak is what creates the worlds that are around you. If you don't think right, if you know, and if you don't you know speak right, or if you don't believe right, then you're not going to speak right. The key is, if you don't think right, you're not going to believe right. It's going to mess you all up. Because you're going to allow the thoughts. And that's what, what does the enemy do? He uses words. What is the first thing he did to Eve? Has God actually said, did God really say? Let's get you to question what God says. Let's get you to question, well, is that, are you sure that's a real book? Haven't you ever Googled this and see, see how men wrote this, see how terrible, you know, you can go back and try to discredit everything. Let's find out what everything's wrong with the Bible. Instead of find out what everything's right. Y'all doing okay? Y'all listening and we're all good here? Because <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about some of your minds. <sighs> okay? But I'm talking about what the Bible says. These are the kind of minds we have to have. And we're going to contrast some things. Because here in Romans chapter 8, look at verse 6. Hallelujah. The Lord to God. It's a good thing I wrote these things down and typed them out here. Because I can't even see my Bible for some reason right now. It's exciting. Amen. He says this, he says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Amen? Let me read it to you out of the New Living Translation. So let your sinful nature, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. See, our flesh is always fighting against us. Our thought process, if we're leaning to what we see, what we feel, is always going to go against what God says. Amen. You remember what Paul told the Corinthians there in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 after he talked about what he was sharing in chapter 2 after he said, you've got the mind of Christ. Then he says, I sure would like to talk to you as under spiritual, but I can't. I have to talk to you as under babes. I have to talk to you as under mere men. Why? Because you're carnal. You're a bunch of meatheads. That's what he was saying. He was just saying, y'all just, you know, he said there's divisions among you. One of you saying, I'm of Paul. Another saying, I'm of Peter. One says, I'm of Apollos. Another one saying, well, I'm of Jesus. I'm better than all of you. He said, while you're comparing yourselves, are you not yet carnal and walk as mere men? Oh, I wish Paul wouldn't have got upset then. I wish he would have kept going on from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and start talking about the mind of God and all that. It would have been so wonderful. But he said, I can't. I can't, I can't bring spiritual things to you because you're walking as a carnal mind, a fleshly mind. What happens is you're allowing yourself to think wrong. Amen? Because God said we have to have a spiritual mind. How do we have a spiritual mind? It's a mind that's renewed on the word of God. Amen? Do you know, there's another phrase, well, another scripture in the Bible says you need to have a sober mind. Well, if we need, if we need to have a sober mind, it means we can have an unsober mind. <laughs> he tells all the young men to be sober-minded in Titus chapter 2 and verse 6. He says, be sober. What does it mean? It means have a wise mind, have a thought mind. Don't be, have a, have a reprobate mind. The Bible says these guys have reprobate minds, which means they have a mind void of judgment. We've got a whole nation of people in leadership right now that have reprobate minds. And I don't care if it goes out everywhere. They are. They have a mind void of judgment. 
They're operating totally out of fear and out of trying to push things off on people. It's all, they, there's no rationality in it at all. So, I mean, it is that, okay? But that's what the Bible says. He, God gave them over to reprobate minds. Minds void of judgment. They have not. So you're thinking, why come there? What are they acting like that? Because they have a reprobate mind. They don't understand God. Why are we trying to get, you know, leadership? And why are we trying to get things from people who are not saved? It's an impossibility. Look at how smart they think they are. They're not as smart as the Bible. And I'm not going to go there. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, because what does the Bible say in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7? God's not giving you a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. God's not giving you a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity, but he's given you a, a, a spirit of a sound mind. Amen. He's given you a spirit of love. Hallelujah. He's given you, you know, a, a, a spirit of a sound mind you know, and, and just taking hold of the truth of the word of God that we can grab a hold of this. Amen. What does it mean to have a sound mind? It means you actually can think for yourself. Means you have an understanding of what the Word of God says. Means that you're settled in what God said about the Word of God. You're settled in the truth of the Word of God. It changes you. Amen. These are the things that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have a spiritual mind. We're supposed to have a sober mind. We're supposed to have a sound mind. The Bible says we're supposed to have a willing mind. Of a willing mind. That means we're ready to learn, to grow. I'm so glad that I don't know very much right now, but I can always learn and grow and learn so much more. I thank God for what I do know, but I thank God for what God's bringing to me. I'm so, have such an open heart and an open thing, like I want to do this, amen? amen. And here's, here's a big one. You know, the Bible tells us we're supposed to have a pure mind. Wow. You know, in this society we live in, it's really hard to have a pure mind. If you, if you own a TV, or if you, if you own a, a computer, whatever you do, I mean, there's big ads. I mean, if you, you, it's really hard to have a pure mind. Hallelujah. Because the enemy's always vying for what he wants to get into your thoughts. Amen? And it's so funny because Peter told us, he said, stir up your pure minds by remembering. How do you know you guard your heart? You stir up your pure minds by remembering the word of God. Remembering of the words that were spoken. Remembering what God said. Stirring up. Amen? But how do we get thoughts? How do we guard our hearts and minds? Well, the biggest way, the way that your mind reacts is because you get to hear thoughts, thoughts, words, words paint pictures, they create things. So we got to guard what we hear. We got to guard what is being said to us. And, uh, uh, you know, here's the thing about it is though, if you eliminate hearing, you eliminate your faith. So you can't stop hearing. See, if you don't, why don't we just, well, we just won't listen to what's going on. I just wear earplugs. I won't be able to hear anybody. I'll walk around and, you know, be deaf. That doesn't work. Because if you eliminate your hearing, you eliminate faith. So you've got you to select what you hear. See, because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you've got to grab a hold of, and you've got to hear. And you also, when you do hear, you've got to digest it and say, how does that come with my mindset? How does this work with what I believe the word of God says? I've got to filter that through. Amen. It's so important. How many of you know that we are fighting a good fight of faith right now? 
We are fighting for faith. And we are fighting to, to, to grab a hold of it. Everybody's always wanting to go get something new. Or everybody's always wanting to, what is the new great revelation supposed to go? You know, the new great revelation that God wants right now is he wants men and women that have fellowship with him, that are praying, that are asking God for the Lord Jesus to come, asking God for the, how can we win the lost and bring back this whole world to him so that glory to God, we can all wrap this thing up. That's what he's wanting. He's not wanting to this, that, or another. and all. He's wanting the lost to be saved. He's wanting the church on fire. He's wanting the power of God. And he's wanting to show the devil this one last time. Glory to God. Watch what he does. And let's just bring everybody home. Hallelujah. Let's wind this thing up. And let's get it done. And let's be forever with the Lord. Amen? That's what he's wanting. And that's what he's always wanted. Because the Bible says in James, it says... In chapter 5, verse 7, it's the Lord is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Well, what is the precious fruit of the earth? It's souls. It's people. That's what God's always wanted. He's always wanted you and me. Amen? And so we've got to have this mindset that I'm going to do what the Word of God says. That's why you always got to, when something comes up, and you, I don't know, well, what does the Word say? What is, I've got to have a permanent mindset of the Word. I've got to have a mindset of faith. I've got to have a mindset of love. I've got to have these minds that he said, he said, here's what I've got. To, I've got to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Now, it doesn't mean we don't learn, we don't grow, we don't, but what it means is the spirit of our mind has to be, that's our mindset of, of how God operates. Amen? And, it's, a, and it's, it's love. That's why we don't get mad if somebody disagrees with us. Amen. The world gets mad. They get really upset. And I guarantee, once you start learning about these apologetics, once you start learning how to defend your faith, people are going to hate you. Because all of a sudden now you disagree with them. Before they just thought, well, you just... But when you give an answer or when you can give a, an intelligent answer or when you can begin to just share and they're going to get so frustrated, it's like, okay, well, you want to believe that? Fine. Well, no, 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 no. We've got to... Because no, we just, just... You know. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's such a shame that we can't do this anymore, that we can't discuss the Word of God. But you can't because everybody's right in their own eyes and the minute that you disagree with somebody... They go crazy. And, I'm, I'm, and that's just Christian pastors, not anybody else. Praise the God bless them. You know, and see, I don't know why, but I, you know, I mean, I've always been uh, just me, and I've always been out there, and I go and doing. So everybody's always wanted me on their team. So all these groups, different groups, different pastors' groups have always invited me to be involved with them. Or be a part of it. They were always trying to woo me. Or always trying to convince me. So I went out to lunch with one group one time. And there was five of them. And we went out to lunch. And I, I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, good, you know. you know. And they brought their apostle along. And uh, I went out to lunch. And I didn't realize I was the lunch, you know. And so we, then all of a sudden they started discussing. And they started firing. And they started shooting all these things at me. But the one thing that they didn't anticipate is that I love that. We're going to get to talk scriptures. We're going to get to talk the word of God. Man, I've been putting the word of God on me. And, and I've had to fight for my faith. Because my, I was always so young. And I was always the youngest. I was the youngest at that meeting. I've always been the youngest usually at every meeting I go to. You know, not anymore. Not anymore. Those days are gone forever. But, 
used to be back in then because they always thought I was older. And uh, so we'd start, and they would fire, and I would fire. You know, after about three hours, they realized, you know, I mean, the apostle, at least he had enough sense. He realized, he said, you really believe what you believe. I said, yes, sir, I do. I said, and I appreciate that you guys believe what you believe. And, uh, you know, and you're giving me this, I'm giving you that, and we're, we're, we, can, we can run around this tree a long time and do it. But you know what? You're not going to convince me. I'm not going to convince you. But, you know, one thing we do agree on, Jesus is Lord, right? <laughs> Jesus is Lord, and, and he's the only way to heaven, right? Right? And, and when he's coming, how he's going to come, or what he's going to do, and we're going to do that. They were all, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, in some things, and I just wasn't in that thought process. I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in this. And the problem with that, but yet, I didn't let that bug me. I didn't let that bother me in the sense of, wow, are these guys terrible? No. Do I think they're wrong? Yes. Do I still think they're wrong? Yes. But am I, who knows if, you know, maybe you've heard me say this all the time. When we all get to heaven and we get to talk to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, we everything, and we get to know like Jesus, we're going to all find out we're all wrong. Praise God. And he's the only one that was right. And we all had goofy doctrines on one thing or another. Okay. But thank God we got the one thing right, that you can't get to heaven without Jesus. You can't get to heaven without Jesus. And why is it so important to know and believe that this word is the word of God and that it produces everything it says it produces is because it's life and it's the only thing that's going to hold us steady. It's the only thing that produces faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. So we've always got to put ourselves in remembrance of the word. We've always got to stand on the word. We've always got to take the word and say, okay, Lord, how do we, how do, we do it? What does the word say? And, and when we do that, it changes everything because we got to fight. And we got to be ready to fight because we can't compromise. Listen, the day of compromising is over. The day of compromising in everything that we're doing is we just have to stand strong and say, no, this is what we believe. And let, and just, but you got to do it in the right heart. Amen. But you also, here's the thing. You know, the only person you can be really, really mean to, and that's the devil. You gotta let the devil so devil, this is my mindset, this is my lifestyle. Like it too. I don't care if you like it, don't guess what? This is it, and me and you have a problem. And I know my authority. And when I wake up, you better run. And you better think about what you're gonna do. Because I'm coming after you. I'm coming after your kingdom. I'm gonna destroy. I wanna get people saved. I wanna help people go walk in the things of God. I wanna, you know, I'm getting up with the heart and the mindset of I wanna help, I wanna get people's lives changed. That's my heart. I've gotta be ready to fight every fight. And it's, but you can't have an attitude of fighting, but you gotta be ready to stand. Amen? You're not going out picking fights. You're just letting the devil know when you stand up, hey, here I am, but you're gonna, you know, but you're gonna stand your ground, not in a bad way, not in, but you just gotta be able to say, no, we're not gonna let the here it is, you know, because how you know that the wrong mindset, and we see this because of people wanting to walk in love. Listen, I, I love walking in love. I walk in love. I love people. I want to tell them the truth, but I'm gonna walk in love, but I'm not gonna let people walk over me, amen. But. <laughs> As Christians, we've got to guard our mindset because we've got to make sure we don't have the mindset like, remember Zechariah, who was the high priest, Elizabeth's husband? You know, 
the angel appears to him in the Holy of Holies and says, hey, guess what? You know what? You and Elizabeth, you're going to have a child. Okay. Instead of saying, cool, that sounds great. He's like, well, how, how, can, we, how can that be? And the angel's like, oh, boy. Dude, we have a problem here, okay? So he says, guess what? We're going we're gonna to shut you up because if we don't shut you up, you're going to ruin the whole thing. We got to keep you dumb because you won't, you'll, you'll, you'll talk so negative that it won't happen. <laughs> so we're going to shut you up until the baby is born. And we're not going to let you talk until, you know, we come out and they're going to say, oh, they're going to call him Zachariah. And he said, uh-uh, because Elizabeth said, no, we're going to call him John. They said, well, none of your family's name. What are you going to call him John? And then he's going to write down, his name is John. And then his mouth opens. And then what happens? He prophesies. He's a priest. He's supposed to. You know, he just starts saying things. He says really cool things, but... Glory to God, God had to shut him up. You know, some Christians would be so good if they get a word from God and then can't speak till it happens. It would be so much better than them nullifying it. Amen. I mean, we look at this with you. Or what about a lot of us were like Philip? Do you remember? There when Jesus, Philip said, Philip, what do we got here? What do we got? He says, well, we got a little boy's lunch. You know, <laughs> you know we, got, we got two, you know, what does he have? Two fishes and five loaves? He says, uh, and what did Philip say? What is that among so many? I mean, what is this? That's the, that's, that can't even feed us 12. <laughs> and all the other disciples, you know, they were agreeing with him because you know they were because when Jesus blessed that, they had, they had set them down in companies of 50 and they fed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So they fed more than 5,000 because there were more people there. Fed them all. He had the disciples collect every basket. And how many baskets were left? Twelve for all the unbelieving disciples. Praise God. And I just know that God made him take these this things and march home with that little boy. He got a whole lot more than his lunch because of this what was going on. But we have, why was he had the wrong mindset? You've got Jesus in the midst and you've got the mindset that it's not enough. It's always enough as long as you've got Jesus. And if you've got God's word on the subject, it's always enough. It's always enough. It's always enough. You know, we look at that and we go, oh, man. You know, and then good old Peter. Peter, he's, I, I love Peter because I can relate to Peter more, probably more than any other disciple, even though I like to relate to John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I like that one. But I can relate to Peter because Peter always opens his mouth and sticks his foot in. And Peter was ready to fight. And, and usually that's my first thing. I'm not a flight person. I'm a fight person. I am. That's just. It's my nature. I think because I had an older brother beat me up every day, so that's what we did. So, it, but, but anyways, you got Peter, and you remember Peter. Of course, Peter denies the Lord, but the Lord, you know, comes back and, and, and basically appears to him three times because he had denied the Lord three times. But here's what happened. Remember in John chapter 20, when Peter's, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he's already said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter's like... And then he said, listen, when you're going to, he tells him he's going to die, they're gonna, you're going to die on the cross, just like I did, and they're going to take you to this place. And so Peter's like, oh, wow, wow. Well, when, you know, Jesus is telling this, all of a sudden, he, he's like, golly, I'm going to die, but at least, at least I'm going to get old, but I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees John comes up, well, what about him? Can't you just say something bad about him? And what does Jesus say? Well, what if I want him to live forever and be blessed? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You know, and uh, Peter had the wrong mindset. 
Because you also remember Peter told John at the, Lord's, at the Last Supper, he says, John, he likes you better than me. Ask him who's going to betray him. You, you lean over. You ask him. I, I can't ask because he won't answer me. He'll answer you. See, Peter thought, you know, and that was before he denied him. How many Christians do we think, well, uh, that person's going to be closer to God than I am, so I'm going to ask them to ask. That's the wrong mindset, folks. God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. He's given to each, every one of us the measure of faith. He's given all things for each one of us. Every one of us are a child of God. We've got the same starting point. We can grab a hold of the word of God. We've got the same that we can take hold. And we can. it's what we do with the word of God. It's what we do with our mindset that changes how we receive. And what we get. Amen. I mean, glory to God. You want to hear about some folks who had a right mindset? Probably number one. You can think of this in the Old Testament. You got to know this. Good old David. He had the right mindset. But even before him, Abraham. Wow. What a mindset. What a mindset when God said, you're no longer Abram. You're Abraham. Okay, I'm 75 years old. You know, my wife is 10 years. She's 65. That's okay. This could be a possibility. You know, that we can do things. But it doesn't happen for 20, some uh, 25 years later. He's 99 and she's 90. Then God says, hey, now's the time. But I'm, you know, Abraham for 25 years kept calling himself Abraham. Abraham. And not only is she Sarai, but she's Sarah. She's Sarah. Hallelujah. You know, now we know that Abraham and Sarah blew it by, you know, having Ishmael and messed up and did all those things there because they got the flesh involved. Because he said, God's a little slow. How many times have we done that? God, I'm praying, I'm believing, but you haven't done it, so I'm going to go out and do it myself. Not good. But Abraham had a great mindset. He had a great mind. David had a great mindset. Amen? I mean, we look at this thing, and we see things. And of course, probably the best one in the New Testament is Mary, who said, be it unto me according to your word. I mean, what a, what a young girl who's... Doesn't never known of me, and, and, and how's this going to be? She, now, she was right in saying, how's this going to be? Zechariah, he wasn't right. He just, bless his heart. But she's right. He, and, the, and the angel says, the Holy Ghost. How can God do this? The Holy Ghost. How can God do things? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come. How did God do everything? How did God create the heavens and the earth? The Spirit was hovering over, waiting for God to speak it so the Spirit could do it. How many of you know that God said it and the Spirit wants to do it and the Spirit is waiting for us to say it now? Because with everything that God has said, everything that God has promised in His Word, God's waiting for us to say it so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to pass in our lives. Amen? I mean, we've got to have this Bible mindset and we've got to have the Word of God and it changes everything. Because, you know, how I many you know that this Bible is the mind of Christ? This is the thought. This is the mind of Christ. This is what we see and know and understand. God's revelation to us. God revealed this. God opened this up. It just changed everything for us. But we also got to continue to maintain it. We've also got to continue to exercise it. We've also got to train ourselves in the Word of God, which just simply means we've got to read it and begin to act upon it. Have you ever said, well, it's just too hard? 
I mean, if you've ever worked out or if you're ever doing anything that you're trying to do something, learn something, if you get to the point where it's just too hard, then you quit training yourself. You quit trying. And, and, and in the Word of God, the Word of God is never too hard. But we've got to just continue to say, no, the Word of God, this is what God says. I'm going to take hold of the Word of God and I'm not going to stop doing what God's Word says to do. Amen? Because I'm, you know, God tells us a lot. He doesn't want us to stop. He doesn't want us to waver. Amen? I mean, if you get down to the Word of God, it gets a little, God gets a little strong on some things. He said, if you're going to waver, you're not going to get nothing. It's like, but God, I'm, I'm trying to, st-. what do you mean? He said, no, you, do you believe it? Are you going to stand on it? Do you believe it? Are you like Abraham who continued to say, give glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God promised, God was able to perform it. Has God not said, will he not bring it to pass? Amen? So when we take hold of the truths of the word of God, it changes everything. Go to 2 Timothy. I want you to see this. This is all about our kids. This is, and it's about Timothy as a child, but this is all about every one of us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. So good. He said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We've got to stay and grab a hold and, and continue to take hold of it. Continue, you know, as Popeye, we've got to continue to eat our spinach, okay? We're still going to, you know, we've got to continue to train and, and continue to put it and continue to guard our mindset, but guard our heart, but guard our mindset and train ourselves to believe that what God said will come to pass. Because guess what, folks? We win. So you just say, wait a minute, I have a winning mindset that so we win. I've already won. It may look like I'm losing right now, but I win. So obviously I'm going to come out of this. One of the things about, I loved about Peter is that, because you know, it's always been the question, how could you know that you're going to get killed the next day and be sleeping? Tied up between two soldiers, very uncomfortable, but be asleep. He had a word from God when Jesus was here who said, you're going to be old when you die and you're going to die on a cross like I did. And they told him, we're going to kill you. We're going to chop your head off just like we did James. And he's sleeping because he had a word from God that said, no, you're not. <laughs> now we know the angel came, touched him, loosed him and, and, and he didn't come to himself till he was outside of the gates. Then he came to himself and thought, hey, hey that wasn't a dream. You know, and then he's knocking on the door. Remember when he's knocking on the door and Rhoda answers the door and she gets all excited and runs back there, doesn't even open the door. <laughs> hey, Peter's outside. And they're all like, you're crazy. But we're only having a prayer meeting. Ain't nobody believing in the prayer meeting, but they're all praying. God answers their prayer. Nobody's opening the door. And she's like, no, no, he's here. Come on. You know, so they open the door and there's Peter. And then Peter's like, shh, be quiet. Shut up. You know, hey, God delivered him. But I believe that he had a word from God and I also believe, I don't know that he didn't know how it was going to happen, but he knew. Amen? 
just like the Apostle Paul, why could he write to the, to the Philippian church and say, I know because of your prayers and because of your supply of the Spirit, I'm going to be delivered. Because this is not how I'm going to die. I'm going to die as an old age too, even though I'm going to die in Rome. You know. Hallelujah. I mean, these guys believed what God said and it affected how they walked, how they talked, and what they did in their lives. Do you know what makes the word of God so amazing for all of us? That makes it just so amazing for us is that when you read about how all the apostles died and you read about these men that literally saw Jesus who for the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years of their lives not one of them changed their story. You can't get 12 people or five people that walked with one person to not have a different story. After a week, two weeks, they'll forget about what it even is. Well, I, I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, because we, you know, we have people that... But these guys never changed their story and they changed the world. Guess what? There's more than 12 of us here tonight. Hallelujah. And that same spirit that was in them is in us. We have the same spirit of faith. We've got the same ability to believe the word of God because this word is still life-giving. This still word is still the mind, but it's our mindset on it. It's what we believe about it. Can God still do miracles today? Can God still open up the Red Sea? Can God still stay the hand of all the enemy? Can God open up doors? Can God meet the need? Does God's word work today? And it does, but it comes to our mindset. Or have we learned so much that we're so far beyond that this is an old book? Because that's what everybody's wanting it to be. Well, we got to do this. Everybody's trying to, you know. And yes, there's more revelation now than there ever has been. Because God's revealing it. He's unveiling it. He's showing us things. Because it's the last of the last days. And so we ought to have more faith today than they did. Why? Because we've seen God's hand. We've seen God's plan and, and this, is, this whole thing is so funny. One of my favorite stories is the one guy that, who was an atheist has said, you know, that in, in, in a few uh, years that the Bible was going to be, you know, just totally nothing. And it was going to be, and these guys were all going to be, it was Christianity and everything is just going to be gone. And his house is now the Bible Society uh, in, in, a, in a foreign country right now where he was at. He's dead and gone and his house is the, is the headquarters of a Bible Society. I like that. I think God has a sense of humor. He said that, you know, it's going to die out. It's going to be destroyed. It's not, it will not, you know. And, and uh, you know, he didn't have enough sense, just like Gamiel said in the book of the Acts when they were going to come. And what are we going to do with these guys? He said, be very careful what you do with these guys. If this is of God, you're going to be in big trouble. If it's not of God, it'll fizzle out. How do you know it never fizzled out? Yeah, we went through dark ages, but it never, there's always been a remnant. There's always been the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just was so excited today. Oh, I saw it on Facebook, and I'm going to close on this. 282 Turkish pastors were brought into 
uh, a country to be ministered to, to be uh, preached to, encouraged, strengthened. You know, they were, they were brought there, and uh, we support the ministry that did that. So it was a real blessing. And uh, so you guys all get credit for it. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, just to send those 282 pastors back into the country of Turkey, which is a crazy place. You know, you get killed if you preach the gospel there. Here's what happens and everything else. And another ministry that we support has just gone before a, a, an Arab nation to, you know, he got in front of all of the, the Arab folks big time and uh, to uh, ask them that they could actually have Pentecostal churches and be able to pray openly uh, in this Arab country to where you get killed if you do that. So he got an audience with, with those guys. And I'm believing it happened today. Hallelujah. For great things to take place. And uh, God's hand. You know, now, before that, they came in and shut down every church that he had. How they shut them down completely. They shut everything down. And, uh, but we prayed, God got on this audience. God's got on this. They're all going to open back up. God's going to do good things. I believe that in Jesus' name. Haven't heard anything, but I believe that. And why do I share that with you? It's because God's doing things. In the, these folks are doing everything under the penalty of death. So we have no excuses. <laughs> okay? So let's just change our mindset. Let's just say glory to God. We're going to believe what the word of God says. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you. You're so good. Lord, I just thank you. I just shared from my heart tonight. I just trust that it just ministers to the hearts of the hearers. Lord, we honor you for it. We thank you for it now. Thank you, Father God, because our hearts desire that people be born into the kingdom of God. Lord, be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and offerings tonight. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. If you're giving by phone, which is what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. You can put it up on the screen there and it'll work. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There we go. Bam. Amen. And thank you, thank you all. You guys are so awesome and, uh, in giving and sowing. And we've had about three or 4,000 come, come in for the roof again this week and stuff. So, you know, we just keep doing that. It'll, by the time we actually get it ready to go, we'll have the money just to pay for it. It'll be fun. So we're working on that. So we're, we're believing for that. And you guys are amazing. I, I love you. And all of you there, you know how to give. It's, it's good. And uh, we're thanking God. We believe it's paid for. Uh, so, Amen. And it's, you know, the cost is going to be around 100000 but that's okay. We're going to get it, get it fixed, and everything's going to work. And then the rains are going to come. They may come a little ahead of time. That's okay. It's still, we, you know, me and Crispin, we already figured out we put, where to put all 32 of the buckets, but we're good. No, it, it'll all work. We've got it pretty well it, it buttoned up. But, you know, we do want to get it done, so that's going to happen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you, and thank you that we can... So seed into the kingdom of God. Father, we can just bring our tithes and offerings. We can worship you with our giving. Thank you for these wonderful folks at Harvest Bible Church and all those that are watching. Father, all those that are here. Lord, you're such a great God. Thank you, Father God. And thank you, Father, as they give. You're going to give back unto them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hallelujah. Shall men give unto their bosoms. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. 
Also, for everybody who's uh, not going to be on the men's retreat, we want you to pray for us guys on the men's retreat. We're going on a men's retreat up at Eagle's Rest this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and, and then Sunday morning. So we are going to be blessed. Of course, Pastor Pamela is going to be ministering on Sunday here. And, uh, you know, sharing, getting things is going to be good. Amen. And, uh, you know, she, she's not sure she's going to pick up from where she left off. She's got lots of notes there, but we'll let God be God on that one. <laughs> yeah. I told her, don't run off everybody from the church that's while I'm gone. Other than that, it's good. No, I I loved her message. I loved it because there's a passion and a heart. She does good. And uh, I I like her stirring up folks, getting them all nervous. So it's good. You know, if I preach like that, somebody punch me. But, uh, you know, she's too sweet for anybody to do that. So it's all good. (laughs) Uh, But no, we are believing for that. We are really, really believing for for God's grace. and, And we are believing for... God's hand upon us. There's something about gathering together and, and focusing in on what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. And that's, that's our heart, a heart of the Father. Amen. Let us all stand up. Stand up. I love you. God loves you. All of you watching, we love you. We'll see you on Sunday. Hallelujah. Stay tuned in. You guys are all dismissed.